Hi, what's going on? It's Obi, your host of the City's Finest podcast. So today I'm joined by John Cute. Now, what's great about John Cute is John Cute has become one of my close friends over a very quick amount of time as we started the Orlando Police Foundation. Now, the purpose of this podcast, because of all the stuff that us board members have experienced now getting to know the officers, we wanted to start a podcast that would bring more light to who they are, the job and its weight. And to be honest, I just love this stuff. So let's get into it with John Cute on The City's Finest. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, so, dude, I appreciate you saying yes to this. You know, I'll make it quick and painless. <laughs> <laughs> so you say. It's the month of December 2021. So 2021 is almost behind us. How are you, man? How's your mental health? Good. Good. It's real good, man. Um, I got no complaints. Should it be any different? No, 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 no. Just, you know, as some, okay. people, as some people break into the holidays, you know, we think about shopping for our families and the hustle and bustle of getting the house decorated. No, I appreciate you. No, those are all uh, relaxing things for me, honestly. I've always enjoyed Christmas. To me, ending the year, there's probably no better way for me to end it, honestly. Okay, awesome. All right, so I'm on with John Q, and John and I had the pleasure of uh, just really becoming fast friends, but because of the Orlando Police Foundation. And John, you had a big hand in making the Orlando Police Foundation come to fruition, right? This was a dream of the Orlando Police Chief, and he kind of asked you to just kind of take the reins, right? Yeah, I, very small. Honestly, I say this humbly. This is not, again, I think you'll learn quickly that I am someone who, when I say something, I mean it, and I mean what I say. No mixing words. But, yeah, I had a real small role. The chief, he believed in all hopes that I would always put the agency first when it came to the needs of the officers. Um, and being that he keeps a very busy schedule as well as his uh, immediate staff, that a lot of times there's not that time for them to maybe be in the weeds, if you will, or have a little more information about an officer or someone else that works in the agency, whether they be sworn or civilian that are going through something that they may not hear about immediately. Right. Or they may have a need that they don't hear about for several months again, because of the size of our agency that I may be a little bit better of that person or that fit to kind of be the conduit between the agency and the foundation and allowing people like yourself and other board members to know what these folks are going through in their personal lives. Well, and I love the fact that you stepped up. It's because of people like you that now I've got some really crazy friendships with people like Eric Sergi, <laughs> you know, Joe Nunziata, who started a couple of these things, you know, and these are people who I normally wouldn't have rubbed elbows with, especially uh, on an ongoing basis like this. So, dude, I appreciate it, man. You, you brought together a big gang of guys and uh, women, too, who are all back in the blue and uh, also the sheriff, too, and... Dude, it's, it's a big deal. So, so let me ask you a question, like from your standpoint, like what's the biggest thing that somebody who's listening right now, who's not in our County, who's not in our city, what's the biggest thing that you would tell them about starting a foundation? Like what, what's the biggest clue or, or caveat, you know, that, Hey, this has really been beneficial. Like what, what could you say to somebody out there who's it's stirring up in their mind? I would say that probably one of the biggest things for that foundation from where I stand to be successful is to believe in your officers or your deputies, whatever agency you're looking to support uh, with all your heart. And I say that because I said it to our board members, for someone who sits in a position like myself, who is a nobody in a long list of nobodies, but who cares very much about our agency, it is very easy to figure out from where we sit if someone's there for the right reasons. And I say that because some people, unlike our board, 
may look at it as an opportunity to become close to law enforcement and maybe to learn, you know, the things that normally officers and deputies wouldn't allow these folks into their personal lives about. And for whatever gain that may be, there are bad people out there. Sure. Um, <laughs> that, you know, that that's kind of something that the police are skeptical, right? So I think I said it to you as well, Obe, that why in the beginning, why do you want to know about me? Why, what is so special about us, the Orlando Police Department, that some folks in the community would take their time and they keep busy schedules and want to be in our world, right? Uh, so we're always skeptical of that. But uh, in fast time, we learned, you know, the real reasons uh, that your hearts are good and that you believe in the men and women of the Orlando Police Department. So going back to your question, I, I think I would just, I would ask those folks to really uh, look deep in them within themselves and see, you know, what is their motivation or their purpose. And if it truly is to show their support and to support, because it's very easy to show your support, it's a lot harder to support, especially in trying times, uh, men and women in law enforcement. But if your heart is true and that's something that you feel that you were built to do, then Godspeed, right? I mean, that's, that's what we all hope that we have those people in the community that will step up in good and bad times and stand uh, with the men and women of law enforcement. Wow. I, I really love what you had to say there, especially um, now that I've been a part of it, my perception has changed. And I'm going to, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound really cheesy, but I'm going to say it anyways. It's really changed my life. You know, being able to sit on the board, being able to see the lives behind the badge and how real they are outside of the job. But then, but then again, the job is so heavy, John. Like, you know, you took us, this is something that I've talked about in past podcasts where you allowed the foundation members an opportunity to go through some of those simulators. Thank God that y'all have the training that you do, you know, and uh, I, I really appreciate that. So that is, so that's what this podcast is for. So this way, not only members of law enforcement can listen, but people uh, who are civilians, they can listen to and try to, you know, maybe understand a little bit more as to what the job calls for. Because at the end of the day, John, I, you know, I, I got to see you at, at a birthday party where you were hanging loose and just having a really good time. We're, we're all humans, right? But this job calls for a, a special type of human. No, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. You know, this is a serious job, but like everybody else in this world, you know, we want nothing but the best for our friends and our family and our children to be healthy. They're really, you know, aside from just our profession, there really is no difference between all of us, right? So you said something earlier about without the foundation board, you probably wouldn't have crossed paths or rubbed elbows with many of its members, right? Right. Myself included. I, I would not have had that opportunity or ability or chance to do that either. But I know how important it is for people to see. And I think that in all of our jobs, we can kind of sniff out what's real and what's not to some degree. And I think that's why it's always good just to be honest and open. And that entire board puts themselves out there to each other and to the men and women of the agency to let them know and be reassured that they're here to support them and their intentions are good. And I think you've seen that as well in the last year with the foundation that our agency has embraced the foundation wholeheartedly, whether again, whether it be sworn or civilian, they've all seen what good is in that group of men and women that sit on that board and that their hearts are, are good. I don't think it's a rare thing because I'm a, definitely a half glass full guy, right. but I think it's something that most folks in law enforcement don't get the opportunity to see every day. You know, and I've talked about that about some other folks that I work with, the people that take the time to they drop something off the police stations where they live or the fire stations where they live. I mean, those things, they have such a ripple effect throughout those agencies and departments. Some of those folks that do those good deeds will never know. They kind of think, ah, well, I did this. I took some time and I feel good that I did this for 
my hometown law enforcement or fire department, but they really don't know how deep that goes. Wow. And, uh, yeah. It, it, from this side where we stand, it really is something that people talk about. And it's not something that's overlooked or like, ah, oh, he has another box of cookies. It is something that when people, they stop and think about it and they say, Hey, someone took the time to think about us. So, uh, we appreciate that. I know in Orlando, we appreciate that. And for whatever jurisdiction or state or county or town, maybe listen to the podcast, just know that everything that you do for those men and women and all first responders is something that is, is held close to our hearts and we appreciate it. I love it, man. Well said. Now with that, I, I want to pivot because you also gave us an opportunity to see that Orlando Police Department has this SWAT team that in the past has won some championships and then we just recently won <laughs> one and I wanted you to just kind of love on those guys a little bit because I had to do some research as to what it takes to win that international what, what was it called exactly because I, I had to do some research on it and I said wow so they are the best of the best they are they really are uh, and they worked really hard to, to uh, earn that title so SWAT Roundup International is a competition, an international SWAT competition that was created 39 years ago. Some men of the Orlando SWAT team back then who served with the agency as well as the Orange County Sheriff's Office had thought about getting together and just having a bit of a friendly competition with a cookout. And 39 years later, it has grown into an international competition, uh, averaging about 60 to 65 teams from around the world Golly. and the nation that come and compete here in Orlando uh, every November for a week's competition. And it, it is pretty incredible to see the dedication that these men and women put forward to their craft and to uh, ultimately hopefully be crowned the best of the best. Well, and that's what Orlando Police Department did, right? Their SWAT team? They did. They did. So the last time that uh, the Orlando Police Department took number one in the overall competition was 2005, so 16 years ago. And every year they've fought up that ladder to try to get themselves back in a position. Uh, and again, their work this year really showed that, you know, you can be really fast or you can be a really good shot. But if you're not both, there's no way to make up for either one of them. And they just perfected their craft. They worked really hard at it and they took it serious. And, uh, and it showed. And my hat goes off to them because these guys and gals are the best folks that you could ever be around. The folks that you would really want to be protecting your community because that is SWAT is a collateral duty here uh, in the city of Orlando. Wow. They have other jobs within the AMC. So then to go ahead and be great at that and to be even better at this is something that, you know, they should be commended for because they take both jobs very seriously. And for the citizens in our community to know that those men and women are the ones protecting them and watching out for their families, I think they have a lot to be proud of. Oh, yeah. Well, and I remember talking about it on the radio as soon as it happened. I said, you know, to, to know that that, they, that these are the sentinels, these are the watchtowers that are over our backs here in the community. I mean, it can't get any better than that. But um, I, I did I did want to give them a lot of credit because not only at that roundup do they get to compete, but all those other teams that come together internationally, I hear that the camaraderie is crazy because who else gets to talk about what you guys do for a living amongst each other the way that you guys get to talk amongst each other? I can't talk to you the way that you can talk to one of those guys. <laughs> That's a great point. I didn't, I didn't think about that. Um, something I've said about Roundup uh, in the 17 years that I've been involved is if you don't go to Roundup and meet five different people from five different agencies, yeah. you kind of miss the point of Roundup, right? Wow. Spirit of competition is, is, uh, is alive and well there, and everyone likes a good competition, especially with that group of folks, that they are a competitive group of folks. However, uh, we know that's a week long, right? And that's at, when that competition is over, 
it's over uh, until the next year. However, those relationships need to continue, right, for the betterment of our communities and our agencies. And being able, having the ability to call someone after a critical incident, I, I could never count how many people reached out to our team after the Pulse attack in uh, 2016 from around the world, literally, uh, wow. that had known you know, the members of our team from the SWAT competition, SWAT Roundup. And even though that was a very trying time for our community and our agency and the city, I know firsthand that our team found comfort uh, in those times because there was other men and women that could relate that immediately reached out to them because they knew them and built those relationships. Had they not had them, I'm sure there'd be people sitting there wondering or questioning, you know, their place in the world at that time, right? And that has happened for numerous critical incidents for the country. So it's not just about the competition. It is really about getting the best training you can get and bring back to your home agency, as well as building those relationships in the time that you need help or someone else needs help, that you have the ability to reach out to those folks and do just that. Well, I love that. As a civilian, I get to talk to you from a very ground level. I was going to say bottom shelf of like the grocery store. (laughs) But I can imagine that just the same way y'all were able to experience Pulse, now the next city that unfortunately will go through that, or, or of course we pray against that stuff. But, you know, that stuff happens. Now you guys had the advice to be able to give because you went through what you went through. And wow, what a collective it is. It is. And it helps, you know, among other things, as well as in the moment, it also helps with healing, right? For those officers and uh, those men and women to have the ability to talk to someone who can relate, who's been through such an incident. You know, I mean, there's a lot of great organizations out there that are helping our military and our first responders. There's no better than talking to someone who's actually kind of been there. So, yeah, definitely a great thing for the community. Okay, awesome. All right, so we've been able to talk about SWAT. I wanted to jump into just something a little personal, John. I I know you don't get sure. a, you don't get a lot of personal time. I know that just because we're we're friends, and I know that you know besides family and whatnot, we we squeeze ourselves so tight on our schedules. But when you do get a time, when you do get a moment, uh, say say you get a week off because of vacation. What what's a what's a hobby that you like to get into, or that you're like, oh, finally, I get. I don't know. Some people build hobby cars. Uh, so, some people coach baseball. What does John Q do? I'm uh, <laughs> I am a simple person, Obi. I like to go <laughs> to the beach. I, I like to go to the beach or to Georgia with my uh, family. That honestly, to me, uh, I am definitely turned off, if you will, at that point where it's, uh, I can leave this behind, and and that is definitely a place I find comfort. My wife and my kids know that that is two of the easiest places that you know you can turn me into a bowl of Jello is either at the <laughs> beach or. or or in Georgia in the mountains there because it just, you know, it gets you out of your environment and lets you relax and, and put them first. So uh, definitely wow. a great place for us to go. Wow. Awesome. You know, let, let me, let me dig in there if you don't mind, but you said, you know, you get an opportunity sure. to, in those spaces, you get an opportunity to turn off. Does an officer or anybody who does what you guys do for a living, is there really ever an off switch? Like even if you're in another municipality's jurisdiction, I mean, do you ever really <laughs> turn off? You're good. You are good. Uh, no, I think it's, uh, I think, you know, not to sound like you're eating up with the job, but uh, I've been doing this job for 26 years. I think instead of saying off, it's more of a distraction, right? So whether you're here or there or doing certain things that are not work related, you are distracted, but you always have in mind, we, we live in a real world, right? Where bad things happen to good people, unfortunately. So I think we live 
we allow ourselves to live with distraction, which keeps us from going, you know, and being eaten up with this job. And I said to say, even as simple, like you said, whether you're even out of town or you're kind of doing something else with your family, you're always aware, right? You, you stay aware of, again, that bad things can happen to good people. So uh, it is a balance and some people are unable to balance it. And when they are not able to balance it, that's when places like the foundation are there to help. Everybody has something going on outside of their professional life, right? Whether it be good or bad, they have many things going on in their personal lives that they're dealing with. And to have folks like yourselves in the foundation to stand there and, you know, our motto, right, is that you guys came up with is protecting the protectors. And some people were a little kind of felt awkward about that on the board. And I know you guys voiced your concerns about that, but really, number one, <laughs> who, who does protect the protectors, right? Or who you're, you're charged with carrying a pretty heavy burden at times wow. and fully embracing that. So it's not a woe is me, but there are times that you know that officers, I mean, the suicide rate is through the roof. I mean, that people are not designed or built by God to see or do the things at times that we are charged with doing. Wow. Um, and again, this is not a woe is me. This isn't a, oh, the poor police. But when people are unable to deal with those things or have those vacations with their families or get away and release or be distracted, they get eaten up with them. You know, we're, we're all the same people, right? Just different professions. So we have families and people we care about and things we care about. This is an honorable profession. Police do need your help in your community. Believe it or not, you may see those cops when you ride by that don't smile or don't wave. I can promise you they're probably trying to figure out if they should wave or they should smile, but they also have a serious job and they're probably unsure of why you were smiling or waving them as, <laughs> as silly as that sounds. And they're thinking, okay, am I being set up for the next TikTok video wow. and I'm going to be a fool or am I actually seeing someone that cares about me? Wow. And like I tell the younger folks on this job, I believe that the 99.999% of our communities love us. And I believe that my whole heart. So you got to understand kind of where these men and women are coming from too, right? I mean, they've just been called every word in the book because they have to stop someone that blew through a stop sign and that is their job unfortunately and someone has to do that they're not always on the receiving end of good news you know nobody calls them and says hey come on over to our house we're having a birthday party and we want you to come over because we think you guys are the greatest guys and gals in town it's hey you know my crazy uncle just showed up and tore the place apart and i need you to come fix this you know wow. uh, and think about it right so when people wave at us or smile trust me those officers want to wave and smile back to you Maybe, maybe if they had a little bit more time around you, they'd see, you know, what your intent is. But it is one of those things that you wish that people would have a little bit better understanding of the police and the police would have a little bit more trust at times in the people that they do police. Wow. Not everybody's bad. John, you, you, man, you speak so well, dude. The words that come out of your mouth, like they just, <laughs> they land beautifully, dude. I, I appreciate this time with that. I, I, I will be respectful of your time. I know you got to get back to work, but I, I appreciate this. I appreciate our friendship. Um, I appreciate the perspective that you just let everyone in on. Cause you're right. There are some times where I'm like, man, you know, that cop, what's up, what's up his butt. Uh, but you're 100% right that they have to be skeptical. Man, when you said the TikTok video, that really brought it to, to like, wow, yeah, you guys never know what somebody's intention is, even though, like what you said, 99% of the time, 
it's good. John, you're you're an inspirational character, dude. In in a very short amount of time, you know, you've become a, a mentor of mine. I, I appreciate the fact that you have that long of a wingspan that you can huddle me under there. But uh, but dude, thank you for this friendship, and uh, we'll continue keeping on. I'll have you on another episode here so we can get a, another update on your department. I appreciate you very much, and uh, thanks for your friendship. And uh, let me know if you have anything, and I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. You got it, brother. You too, man. Thank you. See you, bud. All right, John. Man, that's so cool. If y'all knew the board members of the Orlando Police Foundation, now, th- now that's just one foundation because there's the, the Seminole County Sheriff Foundation, the Osceola County Sheriff Foundation, the Orange County Sheriff Foundation, more police foundations that are coming to as the word gets spread out that you, the civilian, has an opportunity to step up you hook up with one of these agencies, you start one of these foundations, and then you're able to help the, well, you heard John say it, protect the protectors. So with that, I'm Obi Diaz, and this podcast is always going to be aimed at making sure that we bridge the gap between the civilian and the person behind that badge and the seriousness of the job and the coolness of the person. So with that, the Orlando Police Foundation, this is the city's finest. 